It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes. Let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Diller. And my name is Mike Ryer. Oh, and this week we're shifting our superhero movie release slate, and ours is also yours, so everybody's <laughs> release dates are getting moved around I thought... over here. <laughs> I didn't read this line of copy you're reading ahead of time, and I thought you said we're shifting in the soup mode because that's something yes. my wife has been saying for weeks now. <laughs> I, I know she she's she is so she is uh, like those people who are starting to get ready for Christmas, like you know in July they're like I gotta get ready, mm-hmm. I gotta get in the Christmas mode. She's like soup is around the corner, hundred hundred percent understand mm-hmm. that. Uh, Constantine is getting an unexpected sequel. Things that I didn't think we'd ever hear from again. Um, mm-hmm. Star Wars removes yet another movie from their release dates and more. Yeah, just when you think uh, uh, DC is the only slice of Hollywood that can't get its act together, you know, mm-hmm. Star Wars comes in and surprises no one yet again with a, yeah. a movie getting uh, shuffled. I feel like I, I realized this maybe last week with like D23, you know, where they were talking like Star Wars for a couple of announcements, and it was like, Oh yeah, all of the action is totally just happening on Disney Plus for Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. ain't nobody hyping up a movie in any way at all. And uh, I appreciate that they're not like cranking out like two plus Star Wars movies a year because at least they learn the hard way that it's not quite Marvel. You can't really do the exact same thing with mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars. So it's like, yeah, yeah, everything just is on Disney Plus right and, now. And nobody hates Star Wars more than a Star Wars fan. Um, you can't mm-hmm. really be a fan unless you hate it. So I I think it's just funny like it's one of those things like I people were okay waiting what was it um eighty three to ninety nine right sixteen years um for the prequel movies to come out and then there was like ten years to the next one so like we can wait for Star Wars movies I, I think I don't think that IP slash money um you know that I guess the cash cow really is gonna dry up anytime soon with Star Wars um. And the shows, the shows are the shows are fine. Uh, shows have been been great. We had the Clone Wars in between all the movies, um, and then you know what? what are we, we're in our Mandalorian phase right now. So um, yeah, depending on when you're listening to this episode, uh, you might be able to queue up uh, the first three episodes of Andor. Yes, that was um, this week. The uh, I think the media embargo is up on those first three episodes too, and yeah. uh, I've heard I've heard positive things, which is which is good. I mean, we, you know, we were so like, uh, I don't want to say unfair to Andor, but I mean, come on, when you announce this show, uh, in the midst of all the other stuff that they were planning when it was announced, we were just like, who wants to watch this? I still don't necessarily want to carve out time of my life to watch Andor, Uh right? But like, you know, like Chris said, even if you like, you're a Star Wars fan that hates Star Wars, you... He's still Jones every once in yeah. a while. Jones in for a little something. <laughs> right. And I guess, you know, the thing is, you know, out of Rogue One, if we were to say, what do you like the most? I don't think, and, you know, Cassian Andor comes to mind from that movie, right? Like, it's, he's not the, the name mm-hmm. that jumps out at me um, or the, the, the storylines. But, you know, there is something to be said for that style of movie that Rogue One was, right? It's a completely Jedi-less movie. Um, it is just literally... 
um, the war part of Star Wars and the, the spy network along the way. And I think there's some opportunity there to tell those stories. Again, you know, we're, we, we are, again, like Mike said, not fair to this because we know pre, we, we have prequelitis. We know what happens mm-hmm. to this character. So he's literally um, safe and sound throughout this entire series, um, all, all both seasons of it. So, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, what's going to happen to him? So we're going to have to really rely on the, the secondary ancillary characters we meet to, to, to kind of resonate with and, and, and be, you know, part of their story. Uh, way, and so. we gotta wait on our um, edge of our seats to see whenever they decide to tease probably everybody's favorite part from that movie, which was K2SO, Alan mm-hmm. Tudyk doing a, a very memorable droid. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a great addition to the droid landscape of Star Wars, and hasn't been in any of the marketing. Mm-hmm. So obviously, they want it to be at least. I don't know if it's going to be a story component or if it'll be like a fun reveal. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe that's why they're dropping three episodes because you get to see K2SO at the end of the third episode or, you know, they wait until the end, like yeah. the season finale, right? The tease yeah. them for the next season. Yeah, because the next season... I could see I could see the I could see the droid coming yeah. in like Deus Ex Machina style, you know, like, oh, you know, somebody's mm-hmm. about to die and all of a sudden Alan Tudyk's voice pops in and saves somebody. Yeah. Well, and that and that, you know, the second season is fi- a five-year span, right? Like the first one's um, like a one-year span, and the second one's like a five-year span. So, um, we, who, who knows? Yeah, you know, like I said, they could be saved. Like, oh, it's gonna be the end of the season, and the next season has you know has them pretty heavily. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to just dive into Star Wars. I guess we're we're kind of in a lull, right? Um, in terms of of content from there. Uh, so before the Mandalorian hits them in in February, we could. You can check out some of this stuff, but all three drop on Disney Plus. We'll we'll talk more about that later. Um, just a reminder, but that's that's a good thing. Another thing, um, Mike and I, because we were on the same wavelength, we had some time this week. We actually both caught up with the movie Nope, um, and that dropped this past summer uh, from um, uh, uh, what's his name? Jordan Peele. Jordan. Pe- Jordan I couldn't Peele. think it was. First, I was like <laughs> Peele, but I, I don't remember his first name. Um, you know, it came out this year um, and uh, early this year, and it's. Yeah, a movie that came out. It's his third one. Uh, the first one was, um, uh, what was his first one? It had the same actor, Daniel Kaluuya. First, yeah, first one's Get Out. Get Out. Second is. one was Us. Yes. Third one here is Nope. And I, I, I don't think we're going to really talk any heavy spoilers or anything yeah. about this movie. Just We're just mentioning at yeah. the top of the show. But if you don't want to know anything about it, just use our time codes and jump to our first uh, news topic here. Uh, I was a little upset just because the second trailer that kind of marketed this movie kind of shows you way too much um, because the first trailer is like very cryptic. You don't know kind of what's up there in the sky, what's going on, why are these people like floating off the ground? Are they being abducted? No, we don't really know exactly what's going on there. But the second trailer just full shows you in full like frame that there's a ufo up there right and now there's some unexpected explanations and some twists when it comes to this uh ufo um so i was a little upset that i knew a little too much going in uh so i I think people could have a little bit more excitement right if they Mm -hmm. go in not knowing uh but after we finished the movie i wanted to look up some behind the scenes stuff on the film and I found an like just a very quick snippet where uh, Jordan Peele was saying like, 
if the only thing I do with this movie is just make the audience feel like for just a moment they are in the film and are next to a UFO or in fear of being abducted or something like that, for just a moment I will have done my job. And I felt like he did a pretty good pretty good job with that. There was some like intense moments where like it's also like clever too. I haven't really seen a movie particularly like this before where like you have kind of your protagonist on the ground trying to avoid something that's above them. So I kind of like the mechanics of just that as well. And then also Jordan Peele is now like this director that I feel like has flavor to him, right? Kind of like an Edgar Wright or a Christopher Nolan or even like a screenwriter like Aaron Sorkin where like when you're like watching one of their movies, you know you're watching that movie. So I think that's kind of cool now that we have like kind of a new director to kind of add to like the uh, Hollywood moving forward. It's like, oh, I'm always going to go watch a Jordan Peele movie now because even if they're not as good as his previous movie, I know I'm at least going to get like fun and entertaining uh, filmmaking in a way. So that's kind of my roundabout way to say not quite as good as uh, Get Out, which was his first film, which was just like, mm, chef's kiss, so good. But I still had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. So still a, still a good movie. But I feel like Jordan Peele might forever be chasing the success and appeal of his very first film. And people, you know, he might never ever, ever be able to catch it again. But mm-hmm. I, I'm having a fun time watching him get there. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I can't recommend this movie to anybody. I feel like I haven't... Since Morbius, have I not felt like a waste? Like this was like a waste of time for myself. Uh, oh no! Wow! Like, what a like, what, what a what a what, what polar opposite yeah, here today. I, I on just podcast. I, I watched it and like I was you know I had had my full attention. I had it on my big screen. I wasn't watching it. You know, kind of like on the side. And I was I was by myself. And I'm like, okay, well maybe you know this will add to the ambiance to it. Like lights off. I know it's a scary movie, but like the these these characters are unredeemable. They don't even do anything redeeming by the end of the film. The end of the movie, to me, reminds me of Us, which was very just confusing and absolutely, like, just sucked sucked anything, I guess, realistic out of the movie for some reason. Like, I just really did not have a good time watching this. Uh, and, yeah, I, I would, I've actually been excited to go watch it in theaters. I, I just, I, I, I don't think the, for me, I saw the second trailer as well. I don't think it really ruined it for me. I actually was... I think I was more surprised by how the, the like the, like he's mentioned the twists and turns happened um, from from that, but I don't think you know he he I I think is a a great filmmaker. I, I don't think this is like a a blemish on his record, but like he really needs to do something different because uh, the the first one had really compelling characters and, and an interesting twist. This one was more of a, like you said, a flat curve, really. Like there was no like. It really wasn't anything there that was surprising or like re- like a big revelation later. It, it kind of felt cheap the the way they got through some of the situations and um, for for that I just like I I I would I would not recommend anyone watch this. And I don't think it was scary at all. I was like um, I'm hoping to be a little little terrified, little jump scares. It didn't it didn't really feel like that at all. So I I I I, I think yeah we we come across on on different ends of the spectrum in here because I just. If I was yeah. to say, Chris, what do you think of this? What do you think of Nope? I'd say, like, Nope. Just the, the, the name of the movie is my review <laughs> theory, for it. 
The review writes itself for yeah. Chris. Well, Chris, would you would be the uh, green splat tomato yeah. then on Rotten, and then mm. I would be the uh, red tomato. So I guess the official superhero slate percentage rating would be 50% then. Yeah, which is just, uh, We don't certified, have a third but, person yeah, to like— it's still green. Yeah, we don't have— yeah, we don't have a third person to shift this yeah. any uh, any other direction. But if you so, want to watch again, so. I'm not here to take away from anyone's fun. If you want to watch Nope and you like it, totally cool. Like that's that's on you guys. So um, let's talk about things that will also probably get a green tomato, uh, Mike, and that is the Flash. <laughs> and I'm not saying that because it's an easy movie. It, it might be a great film. Um, but the first news article we got today is the Flash, and this is um, from a reliable source who's been giving information out of the, the industry for the, for a long time. Ezra Miller is reportedly done as the Flash, no matter what happens um, with the movie. So uh, yeah. this is really—it was kind of vague. It was like, is this their choice? Is it a studio choice? You know, and you know, we are a year out from the movie releasing. Could this change based on the film's re- reception? Right? Like, if there's like some big swell, like, oh my gosh, this was fantastic. Bring him back. Is this going to be like the Ben Affleck thing, right? Where he was like, I'm out. I don't want to be Batman anymore. Now he's like Batman and everything still. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like this makes a lot of sense, right? The last time I feel like Ezra Miller kind of had the pop cultural force that was getting him a, that was getting them a lot of work was I saw they popped up on social media and they were like like kind of dressed in like chic princess peach cosplay or something and then you know everyone sharing retweeting oh ezra miller we stan Mm -hmm. ezra miller uh watch anything that they're in uh and now uh they just don't have that uh that cachet anymore right yeah yeah yeah, i saw i i saw headlines this weekend on twitter where uh ezra is kind of starting to whether you think it's good or bad uh paying off the victims to kind of hopefully clean the slate for their career moving forward, right? But, like, why would you build an entire cinematic universe or character off of this actor's back, right, mm. when they've been nothing but trouble? Well, <laughs> you know, maybe if you were... If, like, if they had, like, a, a better roadmap moving forward with their films and maybe they were just strategically like, okay, we just need one more Flash movie after this, right? You know, we'll do one more Flash movie, it'll be perfect, and then we can really pivot this universe and it'll be great. But they don't have anything set up to run, so just cut them loose while they're not working out and then yeah. just pivot, you know? Well, and I don't think they put it on his back. I just think he was one of the actual few people, you know, when when the when Zack Snyder started making moves that weren't, you know, good, uh, right? Uh, and they're like, okay, well, Ezra Miller, like you said, he's 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 hot right now. Let's, you know, he has powers that can reset all of this. We can we can actually make a roadmap. Awesome, but they that part that they're they're I guess their Plan B has failed. Um, and I, and I, he might have even been Plan C. Ben Affleck might have been Plan B. But like everything seems to be every time we talk about the the DC universe, there's, there's the connected part of it. Anything that's uh, connected to something else has a turn that's like not good. Uh, the standalone stuff seems to be doing better. Right in terms of like you know, um, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, uh, you know the Joker movie, like everything seems to be the the last Batman movie, pretty good. Everything else, if it's trying to remain, hang on to what Zack Snyder did, it is falling apart very quickly. And um, honestly, if he wants to to leave after the movie, they have the ability to cast him. If they want to get rid of him, they can also recast him. So they can go either way. But I I just don't know what it's going to do. Like I feel like it's still too early to make that. The, very very distinct call 
right? Because even if someone's like, I don't want to do this anymore, well, enough money and enough, you know, positive, you know, reinforcement from the, the critics and crowd could probably bring them back, right? So, um, yeah, that, that, that is crazy. That is like a truth, I feel, sometimes to Hollywood where no matter what the controversy is, right, if you kind of kind of put your money where your mouth is and you make an undeniable movie like yeah. sometimes people will just be like well maybe it's okay that they're a little yeah. crazy because that damn that was a good movie but yeah. uh, all signs are pointing to maybe the this flash movie is not going to be something that is able to achieve yeah that. i yeah i mean i i the, all this stuff about michael keaton being in all these other movies was really exciting right the batman we grew up with batman 89 you know multiversal stuff and then like actually no we're not going to put him in anything and we're going to cancel the other movie he was in so um i feel like the wind has been like all that i was like oh this is great the the wind is in my sails we're sailing in the right direction and boom uh we've now got cabin fever and we went off this boat so bad mike like get us (laughs) out of here i don't know what to do but flash next summer we'll keep you guys posted uh, along the way uh, this week, Amazon, um, you know, they have the Rings of Power currently in their in their belt. I've not got to watch the new episode yet. Um, we had guests this weekend, um, but my my cousin did give me um, an actual. I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this. Uh, this brewery called Brewdog makes a Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring uh, IPA, and he gave me a case of it. So hmm. I was able to, to crack Thanks. into that this weekend. But um, Amazon is uh, grabbing up another. Um, I wouldn't say it's a big franchise, but it wasn't when it came out. And that is the uh, Blade Runner universe. They're going to do a Blade Runner 2099 series, Mike. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't have many thoughts on it, right? This was like a very popular science fiction franchise that I just haven't engaged with that much. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know about it recently was the newer film, like looked beautiful, uh, didn't make a lot of money, but the people that saw it really enjoyed it. Uh, so it is strange that like they're taking something that didn't make a lot of cultural impact like they were hoping it would. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Maybe this is just kind of like the sweet spot for Amazon, right? You know, this is a known IP. It's obviously not going to be as expensive as adapting something like Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Uh, so maybe they're just like, okay, this is a sweet spot where there's enough name recognition, but we can kind of throw some of our weight behind it, and mm-hmm. maybe we can synergize and spin and, something up. Yeah, well, the other one was a Dennis Villeneuve uh, property who was do- who's, who's done Dune, and it was 2049, so they're jumping 50 years into the future, right? So if they can't get Harrison Ford or Ryan Gosling back, they're far enough forward where they're like, well, that that's um, things of the history, right? We can... We can refer to the, their actions, but we don't have to have them in this show along the way as well. Yeah, exactly. And who knows, maybe uh, uh, I'm sure uh, somebody who works in film production would know a little bit more, but you think maybe it's cheaper to produce something super fi- super um, sci-fi than it is something super fantasy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's almost, it could be equal because they both have unique problems, but they're expensive on both ends, right? It's like, uh, who knows? But Blade Runner 2099, if if this ends up being popular, that just means I have to go back and watch a lot of things to get caught up. All eight versions of the original Blade Runner, Mike, until you get to the the final (laughs) cut. But yeah, yeah, like when Blade Runner came out, you know, it was not a popular movie. You know, you still had Harrison Ford. It was science fiction that wasn't huge back then. You know, it wasn't everything. People didn't see it. So it was a very uh, occult movie until later. 
Um, and then, you know, 2049, beautiful film. Uh, I just don't think a lot of people went to the theaters to see it. It's it's great to watch. I use it as a actual demo uh, movie on, on whenever I'm testing audio or, or, or visual changes in my home theater. Um, but the the Blade Runner universe is very interesting uh, for sure, and that's you know the, like you said they could write there, no one's written books about it like there's not huge libraries you have to dive into, uh, so the, it's very very apt for Amazon and, and the the team to do that. So um, Ridley Scott who uh, originated the the Blade Runner movie um, and and universe it will serve as an executive producer and they have tapped Silka Louisa, um, who has worked on Shining Girls, to be the showrunner. So, I think this is fine, right, for, for a property that's got a smaller <laughs> fan base. You know, sure, why not? Yeah, a- a- Amazon Prime really seems to be shaping up to be the streaming service for your very nerdy dad, right? They got Lord of the Rings, Blade Runner, uh, they're more than likely going to be doing new original stuff with James Bond since they just bought MGM, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the streaming service for your dad, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, Shining Girls, I just realized, was on Apple Apple TV. Have you have you caught that yet? Um, no, I'm not. F- I've heard about it before, but not yeah. familiar. It's got Elizabeth Moss. Uh, I thought it was a Handmaiden's Tale when I saw the thumbnail, and that's why I was... I had to double check real fast. Well, I know it's not. So yeah, I mean, this is fine. I think it's a, it's a great thing to, to put on, on Amazon Prime. I think it's great. Moving on into uh, news that really surprised, I think, everybody this week, right? Um, in, in 2005, there was a little movie uh, called Constantine with Keanu Reeves uh, and Rachel Weiss, and they announced that there is a sequel, a direct sequel to this movie, now in the works. Um, so... The best part about this is Keanu Reeves will return, and the director, Francis Lawrence, will also return to this universe. Uh, there apparently was a Constantine reboot, um, maybe series or HBO Max thing at um, from Bad Robot in the production, and a Madam uh, Xanadu as well, which is like DC's mystical thing, and those are apparently nixed because of this. So uh, I never thought we'd come back to the Constantine world, Mike. Uh, I thought people literally hated it so much because he was not blonde-haired and British uh, that they would never revisit it. But I, I never had any issues with this. I'm not a, we're not Constantine fanboys, obviously. So I didn't really mind watching it back then. Yeah, I feel like I rewatched this uh, Keanu Reeves film somewhat recently right and it was like it's fine it feels very much rooted in the time it was made kind of like that comic book film landscape where everything was getting adapted because x-men and spider-man you know was working out well um and there was kind of like a little bit of a, of a cult response from the film after it had been released and you know obviously after you could go rent it or watch it on dvd or whatever but i guess this is kind of what happens when the star of your movie mm-hmm. gets butts in seats, right? You know, Keanu Reeves, not quite the same um, uh, cachet that uh, like a Tom Cruise might be, right? But he's a he's a known entity that people are a fan of. So, you know, if you're a studio, <laughs> yes, exactly, he's not crazy. And if, so, like, if you're a studio out there that owns any IP that Keanu Reeves have been attached to, right? It's it's not. It's not a bad exercise to like game it out of like, okay, what does it look like if we reboot X, Y, and Z that you know Keanu was in? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's comic booky. It could work out. Um, it is strange thing to greenlight though in in kind of like the uh, the the current state of HBO Max Discovery, right? It seems like, yeah. but you know, who knows? It could be a safe bet. Keanu yeah. Reeves, 
makes money, so yeah. Yeah, this is s- how you recoup. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to look up here. It looks like um, Weed Road Pictures, um, which is Akiva Goldsman who's writing the script. It, it is his company, and I believe Bad Robot has a stake in it as well. Um, but yeah, Warner Pictures obviously be the distributor of this. But like, yeah, it's this is one of those things we talked about where DC is doing a disconnected character, right? This is not going to be in the DC EU or what's left of it. Um, Counter Reeves, again, great person. Everybody loves him. Uh, he seems to be keen to revisit some of his older projects, right? With the Matrix Resurrections, um, John Wick. You know, he has four coming out. Um, he did Bill and Ted's again. So I feel like he's like in that thing where he wants to revisit those older things. So. Uh, hopefully it's good. Uh, hopefully you know it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm I'm excited for this to to get back to that. Hopefully we don't get um, Shia back in this movie, right? Remember he was his little buddy back then. Uh, in, in the oh movie. yeah, you're right. Um, but Peter Stormare played a hell of a devil uh, for Satan. So um, credit credit where that is. So yeah, I mean I'd be excited to watch this. I I would love to revisit the other one um, and and see if maybe they have a 4K remaster or something to to kind of watch. So look at what you post on that. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Star Wars is just, bam, canceling your movie. Bam, delaying your movie. Bam, well, we have a trilogy, but we don't know when we're going to do it kind of thing. Uh, they have officially, as of this week, removed Star Wars Rogue Squadron from their release schedule completely. It is gone, Mike. Erased. Scrib- scribbled out and then, you know, ripped off. And, um, you know, this is, uh, is this um, a Patty Jenkins problem, Mike? Uh, she... Uh, her last movie that I know of was, in fact, the um, Wonder Woman 84. And I know we all loved it. We all <laughs> rushed to HBO Max to watch it and watch it and watch it some more. So, you know, uh, is is it a, a Patty Jenkins problem? Is it a Lucasfilm problem? Um, you know, they it seemed they've been queuing up a Rogue Squadron, right? Because of all the, um, the in, in the boat and the Mandalorian, all those um, X-Wing fighters, right? The, uh, mm-hmm. the New Republic things. Uh, Patty Jenkins, I put it as a note here. Also, she was signed on as the director of Thor: The Dark World and left it pretty, pretty quickly as well, early on um, with with Marvel. Now Marvel was run by like Ike Perlmutter and that like weird committee back then. So, you know, I, I think that movie still would have been bad either way. But yeah, what what do you think is going on here, man? I'm just trying to take this as a sign that they are going. We can't move forward with the cinematic universe of star wars until we figure something out right you know on disney plus you can kind of just play around with different time eras see what works you know the show's not really working out it doesn't matter because oh we called it a limited series to begin with right so of course there's not a second season we were just kind of like telling like a little you know quote-unquote star wars story they just kind of shifted that to a streaming platform but now i feel like we have different expectations in the film world, right? We want to tell grander stories that um, have more impact to them, and it just it just was so messy. Whether or not you liked what they did on the big screen in, in the last couple years or not, like it just I'm sure it didn't go exactly the way they wanted to. It did go right in one way, where it just it made them a lot of money. But I feel like they are looking for something maybe more sustainable moving forward. So yeah. I'm just hoping this is strategic, right? Yeah. You know, I know we have words out there for Taika Waititi making a film. There, yes. you know, whispers of Kevin Feige making something, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe they just like sat back one day and like it's great that we have all these filmmakers on board to make Star Wars stuff, but maybe we need it to coalesce into something. Mm-hmm. We need to we need to 
because like you, they spend a lot of money on this franchise. They build theme parks around it. They have all of this merchandise. They can only be willy nilly for so long, right? They can only expect that these franchises will be so popular uh, just by just doing whatever they feel like, you know, whatever the vibe check is, right? That's what I feel yeah. like streaming networks are right now for these big franchises. They're just like, let's just see, let's just see what works. Let's just see what the audience likes, and we'll just kind of like adapt, you know. We'll see who gives us a good script and what, you know, what we're feeling, right? I feel like you can't do that with a film that takes like three years to make, right? Uh, I just, I'm hoping they're gaming out something here a little bit more exciting. So maybe, maybe that's what this is. I don't know. What, what I think they should do is just stop making movies for 10 years. Um, <laughs> like, literally, like, it worked out well, right? Like, Star Wars never died. It never slowed down. They had the merch. They can do stuff on Disney Plus. That's fine. Or they can stop doing it. It doesn't matter. It can live without it um, for a long time. You know, they they the by killing the expanded universe. Yes, they could tell their new stories. However, all those books, all the other merchandise they, they had that was you know literature for those years. Um, that revenue streams kind of dried up because they're not putting as much out there because you know it is all tied together and it's all one bigger story. But like. It was fine the way it was. Like, do, do you need to change Star Wars to where it's staying top of mind all the time? But like, at this, at the, you know, at the the cost of quality, if you will. So, to to me, I just said leave it. Like, let 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 it be. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Kevin Feige, Taika T would make great movies, but you know, I I don't think I don't think they looked at this and said, ah, take out Rogue Squadron. We want something more connected because Rogue Squadron is is fine. I I. Just don't. I don't think Patty. I think Patty Jenkins is now a kind of a, a risk in the movie making world, right? Like, um, you know, I, I I don't think I think she she might be the problem. Star Wars is definitely a problem. Not saying they're not a problem, but when you have two problems together, what do you get? Nothing good. So, because um, I think it honestly, it is wild. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it is wild that it's been three years since we've had like a Star Wars movie, right? Uh -huh. So even if they're like working on a script of something right now, you know even something in the wisp of like pre-production right after filming and post-production like it could be we could have five years in between like star wars films which would definitely be something different than what we've had before not quite the 10 years that you were hoping for but you know um it could be what yeah. the what the board wants the the stockholders are hoping for well i mean either way it's just one of those things like you know they may be pushing more because Again, you know, Disney's always dropping stuff. Marvel's dropping things. They're like, we got to do it the same with Star Wars. Well, you don't really have to. Like you said, they don't have to imitate somebody else. They they, they literally, Star Wars is their own thing. Um, so it, it's just it's just interesting uh, to, like, you know, like, Rogue Squadron, I think, would have actually made a great Disney Plus movie rather than an actual, like, streaming movie or, like, a, a theatrical movie, right? Like, oh, this is Rogue Squadron. We've, we've tied it into all these little X-Wing characters you've seen in The Mandalorian and the you know um boba fett shows right and we've now brought them together into like they're like oh this is the the people out here is trying to to save you know the the i guess the universe while while the first order is rising so i think it would have been awesome but at the same time like i i would have watched on disney plus probably before i'd want to go see it in theaters but um yeah that's that's all i mean to me this it seems like it's a completely dead movie and we'll probably never It'll never see the light of day uh, going forward. So, oh well, sad but true. 
Uh, as we mentioned at the top show, Mike, uh, Andor dropping uh, this Wednesday, September 21st. So Wednesdays will be Star Wars, and um, Thursdays will still be She-Hulk for the remainder of the month. Uh, I believe we said there's, what, 12 episodes of Andor, I believe, in the first season. Is that right? Um, uh, I think so, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite a bit. It is It is quite a bit. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah the- 12. It is 12 episodes. So it is. Um, it will run... Um, yeah, three on Wednesday and then every week for the until until Thanksgiving. So, uh, put that in your calendars, folks. Turn in, tune in, and check that out. Uh, and then the other part of the Star Wars things, other than just removing the Rogue Squadron, is the other bit of the news: is that the next film that they still say they are coming for, Mike, is Christmas twenty twenty five. Would that back up yeah, your well, five year? Plan. That's actually six years because our last one was 2019. Christmas 2019. Yeah. So I mean, six years—that's that's a gap for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you could always point to the Disney Plus stuff and say, like, well, it's not like they've you know abandoned it in any way. But yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like they did the Hopefully Clone Wars, like so the Clone Wars animated stuff between the ten years, but movie-wise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. hoping for some soul searching with these dates. <laughs> yes, and then the next one is uh, Christmas 2027. So. To me, if they're putting two every two years, it sounds like a connected movie, all right? Like a two-parter mm-hmm. or maybe two parts of a trilogy. Um, but if anything, guess what they need to do, Mike? Make it plan out before they start filming the son of a bitch because you're mm-hmm. going to get another Rise of Skywalker that makes no sense at the end of the day. Um, that, that, that had nothing to do with anything. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the other untitled uh, Star Wars movies are there's the Kevin Feige film and the Taika Waititi movie, the two individuals from them. Uh, but we've not heard literally anything about um, probably since they were announced, right? Like they just kind of mm-hmm. remain radio quiet. Moving on into some other things, Sony also got into the um, both Sony and actually Disney did some release date uh, announcements this week. And one of these is Sony is pushed back pretty much all their movies. Um, a little bit. So uh, we'll start with Craven the Hunter, who was supposed to come out in January, has been pushed back to October 6th of next year. Um, so Sony just pretty much took the release date and shoved everything back uh, six, six, t- ten months or so. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I think. Um, I think it was uh, Craven moved and replaced like Madam Web's date, and then Madam Web like moved up or something like that. Well, uh, yeah, Craven moved back to October. Madam De- didn't move up. It still it went back actually um, to February sixteenth of next twenty twenty four. So um, they, they both kind of shifted back. Uh, um, I don't think they're not delaying them due to quality, but Sony has a very 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 bad habit of moving all the release dates um morbius <laughs> had like what a dozen at least before it came out so um it had a pandemic in the middle of it so hopefully you know that's the, but like i'm not i don't think we're we're clamoring for these movies right um yeah what do we what do we call this now do we just start calling this like the trash the spider-man trash universe of just like all of these like just random bits of garbage that sony keeps pushing out because they want to make money I mean, I get it from a strategic point of view, right? Like, well, we have these characters, you know, we own it. We got to do something. We're, you know, we make money from Marvel when they uh, prop up uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but let's launder the goodwill that they're making for us and make these yeah. like really crappy movies. Uh, I'm, well, I'm hoping that's not the case moving forward. They have to see that the quality of these things are not up the snuff, right? Mm. At least, even storytelling wise, right? Of like. These aren't good critically. 
Um, I just they, I just don't think they care. They just don't care. They, they, they're turning some sort of profit somewhere, right? Um, I don't know whether it's through Netflix, post-home release. I don't, I don't know what's going on. They're, they're turning money somewhere, sadly. Um, but for your reference, uh, it is called Sony's Spider-Man Universe because it was originally Sony Pictures' universe of Marvel characters, and they called that the Spumk, uh, S-P-U-M-K, <laughs> or C, and everyone's like, this is a horrible name. So I just called the Sony Spider-Man Universe. Um, yeah. So well, I I suppose the easiest one is the in association with Marvel Universe, yeah. right? Yeah, and that uh, that nice little logo we get, which is which the, the the fact that these are so, or at least the Venom movies, right, and, and Morbius are so lackluster is so in contrast with the into the Spider Verse stuff they're doing, right? Like they that's great, that's fantastic. We're excited. They're putting um, you know love and money into those things, but like they don't want to do it with live action for some reason so i i don't know where that disconnect is along the way and um yeah we're feeling it we're feeling it um lastly uh, they also gave us a um untitled marvel character movie a sony marvel sony slash marvel character movie um has moved up to july 12th of 2024 um this is interesting because it sits in like right before the end of phase five of the mcu so you know is this Spider-Man 4, right, with Tom Holland? Because oh. they, they technically own that release date. Um, mm-hmm. Is it Venom 3? Because we do know that's coming, and we've seen the, the picture of the script from, from Tom Holland. Or is this Spider-Man 3 with Andrew Garfield that's never going to happen despite how much people say they <laughs> want it? I don't know. It's starting to feel more and more with um you know with sony why why wouldn't they like i don't want it but why wouldn't sony make this andrew garfield movie right they get to have their cake and eat it too uh they get to operate off of the goodwill that andrew garfield had returning to the big screen as like spider-man they get to make their own spider-man movie and reap all of the profits and rewards they don't have to share anything with disney when it comes to that character right and they can maybe even have andrew garfield like crossover with their like garbage spider-man universe right so you can have your spider-man and these like with these like shitty villains right like it's it's weird and it would be confusing for like the average audience right you you can definitely tell like oh when you go see your parents for the holidays you got to explain the difference between all of these different spider-man now of just like no 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 you don't want to watch the andrew garfield movies right those aren't any good you want to look for the tom holland movies those have the kevin feige seal of approval the, on them i would say the only reason they're doing it is because I, my guess is there is some agreement like marvel's like we will help you make lots of money with spider-man if you just don't do anything with that character directly like that would be the only reason i'm like marvel's like trying to like you can't do not make an andrew garfield movie don't make a spider-man 4 with uh, toby mcguire let us handle the production of this and you'll get all the money just don't do anything stupid um with that with spider-man directly for the time being um that would be my only reason like they're like we're they're like we're gonna help you be rich but you just don't fuck it up like don't don't go rogue uh with with this character but i i think you know with spider-man being such you know, a part of the mcu like are we going to wait you know um three years right essentially two and a half for another spider-man four spider-man is has always it's usually around you know july um historically but uh you know it's been it's been later the past couple years so you know do they wait for tom holland um or do or do they try to you know 
do they, they let that Spider-Man MCU Spider-Man sit for a while? Like, what would you do? In it does make it like it does make you wonder how much this Tom Holland contract really mm-hmm. um, moves the entire MCU, right? Because you're only as strong as your weakest link, and the Spider-Man contract is the weakest character link uh, for sure. in in the MCU. So, you know, they all talked about how, you know, Tom Holland was, you know, calling all these big wigs and saying, I want to still, I want to still be Spider-Man. Please let, please let this happen. Or whether that story Mm. was true or not. Right. When that happened a couple years ago, lines were drawn in the sand and agreements were written. So like as Kevin Feige over there going like, okay, we are, we only have three more Spider-Man movies we can make. And then he can appear in two other movies that aren't Spider-Man movies. Okay. Now let's architect this whole next phase and a half around when we get to use Spider-Man, right? And then the contract negotiation will come up again and then we'll start a new phase. I wouldn't be surprised if quite a bit of it revolves around Spider-Man, an extremely popular character. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the MCU right now, but Spider-Man is just as popular and recognizable as something like a Superman or a Batman, right? And if you were making a universe over there at DC, you definitely got to organize stuff around Batman and Superman in some aspect, even though it really seems like they're not. I don't know why they're not doing that. So, yeah, well, I wouldn't it, be surprised if, if a lot of it is driven by that contract. Yeah, but also at the same time, you want Spider-Man and Secret Wars, right? The most expensive comic book in my collection is Secret Wars number eight, where Spider-Man gets his official black suit, right? Like, yeah, and, and the comic, like, he, if you don't have Spider-Man in your Secret Wars movie, why, why even do it? <laughs> kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, I feel it's very pertinent that they have a Spider-Man movie before Secret Wars comes out um, in, in the MCU, uh, and and kind of get him ready because they did. They left it on on a great note. He has his blue suit. He has no ties. Right. He's on his own. No one remembers him, and. He has the Venom symbiote in the MCU. So what what can Marvel do with that? And I'm very excited. I don't want to wait forever to see it either. I really want them to kind of jump to that pretty, you know, sooner than later. But I, I think mm-hmm. you got to have him in his black suit in Secret Wars doing the iconic pose from the cover. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a, a big staple. For, not a staple. It's going to be just something that people are like, you know, when you're in Endgame and everyone's hyped the whole movie, right? Like, like oh, yeah. That's going to be one of those hype, hype things for that for that movie mm-hmm. along the way. So that's what, I mean, that's what I'm thinking here. But, like, you know, if anyone, you know, if you guys are listening and have any ideas of what you want to see for this Untitled Marvel movie in July of 2024, do let us know. Again, I still think the strongest ones are Spider-Man 4 or Venom 3 because um, Tom Hardy probably wants out of that, you know, as fast as he can get out of that, um, that, that role. Uh, keeping in the vein of Marvel Studios, um, they actually pushed back an untitled movie, Mike. Um, remember that slate we saw at uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, that had a bunch of movies? Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually had an extra date that they didn't have on there, and that was uh, um, from February 16, 2024, and that was pushed back to September 6, 2024. Uh, it's an untitled movie. We don't know what it is. Um, but now that's literally one month before Fantastic Four, and I just don't see Marvel... Slash Disney releasing two movies three weeks apart, right? Like, that seems very, very short window for a Marvel movie. Yeah, unless, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly how they're coding things in their systems or, or what they believe they need to uh, set in stone, but maybe this is another, like, 
you know, werewolf by night type of situation where it's mm-hmm. a Marvel special presentation and maybe they didn't know like a while ago that these weren't going to be in theaters and they were going to be on Disney Plus. So maybe that's why it's shifting around. I don't know. Oh, just no, just a random just a random guess. I'm sorry. Or probably it's two months. I feel, it's two months. I feel like, it was two months. Sorry. Either way, I feel like the most logical thing of what it is is just like every – they have a standing appointment every calendar year over at Marvel yes. where they just all sit down and just like, what dates do we want on this calendar? Uh, I don't know. Those, those, those. Those seem to be evenly spaced. All right, let's do it. Uh, and then they just – you know, they claim their they claim their weekends to keep the other studios right. away. Yeah. And there's probably not a whole lot beyond that. <laughs> well, that, that, well, that's the thing. The only reason I would say, yeah, but like they didn't have this spot before this move, right? September 6th was – open they didn't claim it you know two years ago when they announced all the stuff they didn't talk about it you know at san diego or the um the other it, i think it might i don't even think it's on that timeline so this is a very interesting thing to be literally sitting in between the thunderbolts and fantastic four on a new date they've never had before so it, to me it's like you know is it actually going to be a movie or i feel you know and it sounds like you might feel the same they're just going to move this again like they're not going to hold another movie there right uh unless you know, it's it's something they, they feel has to be done um, and got got in, and put in that time slot because we are less than two years away from it, whatever it is, and we, we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, I think I think they're just going to nix it again, and we'll just never hear of this untitled Marvel movie that never came. The movie probably has another date, and we just never knew it along the way. So mm-hmm. um, what I would love to see is still that Phase 6 slate filled out, Mike, but I know they're saving that probably oh, for next yes, year's Comic-Con. Uh, Probably they're letting us they're letting us dangle. Yeah, letting you dangle. Uh, speaking of Secret Wars, Avengers movie, the end of Phase Six, if you will. Um, Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever, uh, is rumored to be in talks to direct this movie. Um, yeah, that's that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it seems like almost like the MCU is like this. Um, uh, not like training program, right? But I mean, it makes sense. You hire kind of, not necessarily unknown directors, but you know, uh, younger, early in their career directors. Maybe have done like short films or smaller films, like because Ryan Coogler did like Fruitvale Station, right? Yeah. And that was, I think, that was winning and, some and awards and some, uh, yeah, some other stuff before that. So he kind of proved himself. Kind of works his way at the Black Panther. Now they got Wakanda forever, and it's like, well, you got him in your ranks. Mm-hmm. He's obviously great in like making hits for you. I, I'm sure that you know they have seen. Well, I know that they have seen early yeah. cuts of Wakanda forever. It's their freaking studio, so they've seen the movie already, and they know it looking. It looks yeah. great. So, yeah, put him on. Put him on the big one. Yeah. The the main event, a big old Avengers yeah, and, movie. And you know the thing about Black Panther, um, and and uh, you know again Wakanda forever is. Those are ensemble movies, right? Um, it's not just the Black Panther versus you know everybody else. There are lots of characters, supporting characters, antagonistic characters, right? Whole kingdoms, there are groups of people. And then with an Avengers movie, you need to know how to handle right groups of characters in an Avengers. Um, their strengths mm-hmm. and weaknesses. I think he has a, a a talent to do that in his current, you know, um, at least from Black Panther. I can't say anything about what kind of forever it's not out yet, but I feel. You know, uh, he's he's gonna be able to, to do that as well in that movie. So um, I think that's a great great grab, and um, he like you said, he's definitely earned it uh, on his way there. Uh, the the movie before that though is Avengers: The King Dynasty, and the rumor right now is Jeff Loveness, the writer of Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, and several episodes of Rick and Morty, will write the film. Uh, he's been tapped to um, 
to, to be the, the the scribe for this movie. And I think we, we talked about this offline earlier this week when this came out. Um, one, Rick and Morty, huge on uh, on multiverses, time travel, and other fun stuff, right? Keeping it uh, mm-hmm. humorous. So I think that's probably why you got Ant-Man and the Wasp. But also, Kang will make his first appearance in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So he will be able to write the through line for this character um, as he kind of goes through yeah. this. Yeah makes a lot of sense also man what a what a career trajectory for that writer i like i looked up their imdb uh, when you told me this information and like wow what a, what a great couple of years has been for them right you know you start writing on you know a pretty popular animated you know show show on adult swim all of a sudden you've been uh, poached and you're over at marvel uh-huh. you're just doing like oh i'm doing i'm doing a third ant-man movie okay that's cool you know uh, then, oh, how about an Avengers movie? Would you like to do that too? Man, get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, and um, I, I did I did look it up as well because he uh, did he has written some comic books as well um, under that. Nothing that actually I think did with Kang, but he he is, um, you know, had that like I guess his his elbow in with Marvel for a little bit before he got that. But yeah, fantastic. That's awesome. I mean, like you said, if you look up his stuff, you will you will see some some really good things. So. Great for him. And just a reminder, um, Dustin Daniel Cretton, the uh, director of Shang-Chi, uh, will be directing that movie. So they're really, again, utilizing the talents in their um, you know, stables to, to, to continue the MCU through these next phases. Speaking of Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, Mike, this bit of uh, information actually got a Twitter account deleted. Um, uh, the first one, the original. So we're going to talk about here is the first look at MODOK merch from the upcoming movie. And um, we we have seen the leaked trailer a little bit, Mike. I think you watched it, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's very hard to see Modok, but this art shows him uh, in this little bitty body and really big head, and he's got some red tinted glasses over his eyes. Now the rumor is that this is in fact uh, the Yellow Jacket character after he got shrunken down into the uh, the I guess the um, quantum realm uh, from from the first movie. This is what his body looks like now. But uh, could they could change it? That's, that's, maybe that, that might not be true at all. But I, it's very, um, I guess more. It looks like an MCU version of Modok. I, I don't know what else to say about it, really. Yeah, but, you, you know, you, there's different approaches you take for this style of character. If you're in a uh, a comic book or a cartoon show, you can get away with different things. We saw how he was adapted in the Avengers video game that came out a couple years ago. I felt like that was a halfway decent approach of just like, okay, well, this game is relatively realistic, but MODOK is a very unrealistic-looking, you know, Mm -hmm. person. So, you know, they had a a very logical origin of what happens. He's, like, kind kind of experimenting on himself gradually gets worse and worse and worse so you kind of see how they get to kind of more of the grotesque shape and visual of a modok so yeah i'm curious what's going on here because obviously it's somebody in like a like a robotic shell if you will whereas mm. sometimes in a comic book like modok is he's just like a weird fleshy kind of humanoid with like just technology on him right yeah. so it seems like we're getting more of the classic modok silhouette from more of a suit than yeah. anything else and, and you know kind of the um uh, you know, watching the the Modok series, right, the claymation one with Pat Oswalt. Like mm-hmm. when you look at it in claymation cartoon, it, it it's easier to look at, right? Uh, when it gets to get a little too uncanny, like a deform, like a huge head and a deformed little body, it's like oh, it's kind of weird. It's hard to look at. So uh, mm-hmm. it seems like they're gonna hide it a little bit behind again a suit, if you will, or like you said, possibly a robotic body. So yeah, check out that link in our 
show notes where you can take a look at that. Um, light week on news this week, Mike, but we're going to end with a um, discussion about She-Hulk episode five. Literally, the midweek, I would say the middle of the season show episode, more so than last week, if you will. Um, and I feel like the, was this this was the shortest episode of the week. If you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. Come back. It's on Disney Plus. But I feel like this was the shortest episode of the season, right? So far, yeah. I I would I would say like a little bit to its detriment, right? Like I'm yeah. having a great time watching She-Hulk every week. Looking forward to watching the next episode. Uh, no complaints here. But it still really to me does not feel super episodic in a way. I just kind of feel like I'm almost getting like vignettes from like a long movie, and I'm kind of still waiting for it to kind of culminate or build mm-hmm. to something. Because I kind of thought, like, uh, the Abomination was going to be kind of like the long storyline, right? And, of course, she'll have little adventures, but I thought maybe she was going to be working on that Abomination case for, you know, the whole season. And then there's going to be, like, this big old case at the end. And it's fine. It didn't turn out like that. But uh, when this episode ended, I I did kind of um, lean over to my wife, and I was just like, this, it seemed like the episode just ended on like a commercial break, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we got a little Easter egg tease at the end, but I was just like, I don't really feel wholly story satisfied with the episode. Yeah. Um, so I guess it just goes to show you that the quality of the rest of the show is really, really great and uh, firing on all cylinders. Uh, love that it, that Avengers that Avengers joke Avon- is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, think, I just I just wish it felt a little bit more rounded per yeah. episode. So I think the rest of them are pretty good, and this one seems to be the one that's the least meta, right? Of of all the actual episodes, like I feel like she didn't break the fourth wall as much. Um, some of the the highlights I really liked her her coworkers. I really got a chance to shine a little bit, right? Like, the one guy's like, I need you to come mm-hmm. help me stand in line so I can get a second pair of shoes. She's like, why do you need two pairs of shoes? Like, one to own and one to, one to wear, kind of thing. And I'm like, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Then she calls in the help to go literally to the to the the suit maker. So we now know there's a suit maker in the MC, right? And I think that's fantastic. I thought it was going to be the same guy from the Daredevil show, but who makes the suits. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad that this mm-hmm. guy has a little more personality. Um, but it kind of felt really... Again, isolated. Like I thought, the battle, quote unquote, battle. The the her, I guess, uh, the antagonist of Titania would go on a little longer than just a couple courtroom scenes. Um, I do enjoy that the episode previously her little uh, dating foray was did pay off, right? Um, they actually didn't just use that for like a, a dating. Thing. They actually were able to carry that into the story. But uh, I agree with you. Just kind of just happened and ended and then you know there's two teases at the end of this right number one there's no post credit mm-hmm. scene first time uh all season no post credit scene but they did give us the sneak peek at uh daredevil's helmet from the from the suit maker here mm-hmm. so um, yeah that was that yeah, was it, fun but it, like i'm not really feeling it yet right like what yeah why? it just it just it, it feels like we're missing some connective glue uh obviously this is a, a comedy show no one's expecting accurate courtroom scenes or procedures we know things don't resolve so easily in a courtroom but it doesn't matter because this is a comedy show but you're still kind of within the legal procedural formula right which is uh, very successful on a lot of shows and the most recent one i watched on netflix was called the lincoln lawyer where it was that was kind of like the um 
the uh, structure of the season where there was one big overarching case that the Lincoln lawyer was working on. And then you have like the little cases in the middle, you know, that some carry over and cross over with the other storylines. So that's, I think that's the thing that I'm missing. Like what is the Mm -hmm. ultimate goal for her? You know, you know, I was expecting almost more to get teased with like, Oh, these like, um, this shadow organization or something that's like trying to get her blood. Right. right? That seems like it was kind of dropped. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say it's dropped. I just think they are, it's being peppered too infrequently the right we want our we want our connectedness to be a full seasoning on this on this platter and i feel like they're not doing that enough with she hulk um my fear is it's going to come into a similar wandavision scenario right where the villain doesn't maybe they've been there the whole time but they're not really revealing themselves until the next to last episode you're like well that's not really doesn't feel good i don't want that i want someone actually antagonistic now possibly with the appearance of daredevil that will open up a little bit more it's like why would you bring daredevil in for like just a regular fight like daredevil and she hulk fighting something probably has to do with maybe someone trying to get her blood the bigger villain at hand if you will whoever that may be um you know the the idiot wrecking crew i hopefully they, they come back but you know i think the other kind of uh tease is this in this one is like oh she got several suits we didn't get to see them uh, we didn't mm-hmm. get to see her new outfits, and I'm like, this feels like an episode that could have been rolled into the the two around it, maybe, right? Like, half of this episode mm-hmm. was in the episode prior, the other second half of this is in the, epi- the next episode. Make them 45 minutes if you have to, but it just felt unsatisfying to be the middle of, of the show yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely going through character development, which is good. You know, she's becoming more used to the idea of what it's like to be She-Hulk and Jennifer Walters, Uh um, you know, warming up to uh, doing her job, this uh, this new career path that she's on, right? So it's not like she's not growing because we need that as well. But yeah, what, what are we ultimately going for here? And uh yeah maybe this is still you know like we've said before we're at the tail end hopefully of the growing pains for uh marvel on disney plus you know so maybe this is just kind of like the last little bits of it and i don't think again i don't think it's bad i think like you said we're just disappointed because we want more we're enjoying ourselves right like like we know the show has done better you can do better than this episode um at the end of the day um I do want to point out uh, one Easter egg. Were you able to catch the shoes at the end of the the episode in, the, in like the the watercolor paintings at all? Did no, you? I didn't. I didn't. Okay, so I'm going to send you the photo uh, I have here. Um, it shows. I forget that character's name. What is that character's name? Um, oh, who knows? I <laughs> I'm atrocious at remember. Yeah, it, it's the guy who's shoes. So I've sent you this, and it's got him and her assistant uh, showing, um, looking at shoes, and he's holding up those Iron Man threes, right? Um, literally uh-huh. in the watercolors around him are Wolverine shoes, the Thing shoes, Deadpool shoes, and Cyclops shoes. Oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So now I know this is more of a small Easter egg. This isn't confirming any of them actually exist in this universe but uh very cool to see that kind of like you know blink and you miss it kind of deal throughout Mm -hmm. this so um i sent i sent mike the meme here because leonardo dicaprio looking as all the characters pointing (laughs) at the things yeah yeah is this uh do we assume that this is i would say this is almost a little bit different than the easter egg that we saw of uh man with metal claws tearing up bar 
yeah. um, you know, on that little news screenshot because that was actually literally in, in the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we have to assume that these uh, watercolor things at the end are it's not fun. necessarily canon. Yeah. yeah, it's just fun, and they don't necessarily seem like concept art. Like yeah. the, to me, it almost feels like they're drawn after the script is written, yeah. uh, not necessarily as like, oh, what yeah. could we possibly do in this episode? It's more like a, uh, yeah, because they like this shot was never in the show, right? Like they didn't they didn't use it, but it feels mm-hmm. like um, what the term they use head cannon, right? Like this is like oh. Yeah, uh, this guy owns a bunch of shoes. He owns all the all the superhero shoes. What would a real life person who owned the shoes have? This is what they would look like along the way. Yeah, what could it look like? And they're yeah. just like, oh look, I made a I made a Cyclops shoe. Isn't that fun? It's like, oh yeah, that is fun. Like, yeah. oh, does it matter that we haven't introduced Cyclops yet? Like, no, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's just it doesn't a fun matter. Looking drawing. Yeah, this was never <laughs> shot on film, so therefore it's not real. Uh, also, yeah, that would, that would be my guess. She Hulk breaks the fourth wall. They know it's a, they know what she knows it's a show. I feel like it's uh-huh. just again like a nod and wink at the audience. Hey, we know, wink, wink. Um, uh-huh. But do you think Daredevil will be our next episode? Do you think six is where things start to get real? Um, like you said, to, to, to finish yeah. up the show. May- maybe yeah. If we're moving into the back half of the show, um, I feel like we got to start uh, making connections, and maybe that's the master plan, right? Maybe they've laid a lot of groundwork in these initial episodes that are just kind of like fun introductory episodes. And then we start to see all these little things paying off. Maybe we see that um, shape-shifting Asgardian elf or whatever it is come yeah. back into the fold. You know, we see some of these just yeah. other things. Crap. That, I, 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 I've, we have not seen The Last of Abomination. I feel like he's got to crop that, up again. That, so Yeah, there, yeah. there's more him. Uh, I, I She may need his help. I think that would be interesting if she actually needs his help for something, right, um, mm-hmm. to, to utilize that. Uh, because he's not supposed to use the abomination form ever again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think you know that would be interesting. Now my question, my question for you is: I have a theory, and again, if you've not seen this, you, you probably shouldn't be listening. To this. I have a theory: the um, the nerdy guy she went on the date with, who was also in the law office base uh, first floor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's the villain. I think he's the the, the sleeper cell villain in this show. Um, I mean, he's definitely got gross vibes, and it is very coincidental, right, that, you know, he would be in that office, like, the very next day as well. Yeah. Um, And he's like um, a—I've seen that actor in other things before. Like, he— like he's not just like a rando kind of person that you cast to to fill a role. So yeah, I, I could I could yeah. see that well, uh, he, coming to fruition. And I I, I said this because I leaned over to my wife. I'm like he call I mean again in the creepy vibe, he called her a specimen right in the the yeah. date episode. Mm-hmm. I'm like, does he want to get the blood? Is that what it is? Like, um, I I, I think it's definitely a, uh, a very very much maybe his vibe kind of thing. So. I'm I'm leaning into that a little bit as as a theory going into this. So, um, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think that's I think yeah. I mean, ready to check out more episodes. We're in the back half, and we'll we'll keep you guys posted every week. Uh, Mike, is there anything else uh, you want to do before we, before we wrap up the show? We good? No, I think I think I think that's it. Another week of superhero slate on the slate, if you will, and. Mm-hmm. We love we love having you guys. That's right. Here. Well, if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? 
You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. You can also check out on Instagram, Rad Retro Bros, um, where we do all sorts of video game uh, retro video game stuff. And we got some uh, things coming up this week. If people want to know we're out the show, what we're doing, where can they find that at? Oh, all you got to do is visit our uh, headquarters at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. If you're trying to keep up with all these crazy release date changes, we have an awesome tool on our website. That's SuperheroSlate.com. It's a nice little upcoming release calendar that's very helpful. We use it. It's just a tool for us, so we wanted to hand it to you as well. We love our super fans, so if you want to be a super fan of this show, it's very easy to do. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.